What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. Welcome to the show, everybody. Episode 864 of I Doubt It Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Dallimore. Joined today as I get my headphones set at the very last second. Today I'm joined by your lovely, talented, and scholarly co-host, Brittany Page. Everybody, I don't think I don't think we've talked about it yet, but this year I found my first gray hair, which is very exciting. <laughs> is it exciting? I think it's exciting, but hmm. for some reason I'm excited by it. I'm surprised by that. I keep finding more. In fact, the, <laughs> so, the... So you've multiple, but you did find the first one that you noticed. I found the first one <laughs> that I noticed, yes, sure, this year. And now more are popping up. And mm. I don't know if it's in my head, because I do have a tendency to... What? Imagine things. You do? I don't know about <laughs> imagine things. I think, <laughs> I think that's harsh. I think you have uh, a tendency to... Blow things out of proportion. <laughs> Mountains out of molehills, maybe. Okay. But not imagine. Okay. It's just a perceived problem that is certainly a problem can sometimes be amplified. Okay. By so, your powerful, powerful brain. Yeah, I love how it wasn't fair <laughs> to say I can imagine things, but you took it to the next level <laughs> with blowing things out of proportion. And okay. Well, how do you feel about that? About what? About the the gray hair slash hairs. Well, I said I'm excited. Oh, you're excited. Yeah. Well, you really are. I thought you were just being uh, funny about it. No, I mean, being I... Being hilarious about it. I It's going to shock absolutely no one who may be watching this on video, given the appearance of my roots right now, but I'm not a natural blonde. <laughs> and so uh, maybe it will free me from the stranglehold that dyeing my hair blonde has had on me ever since I was no longer blonde as a teenager. and uh, Is that what had happened? Because you were a, a natural blonde for much of your childhood. Yeah, it was sometime in middle school, so I didn't start dyeing it right away, but I, I did eventually start dyeing it and have dyed it for, for years, unfortunately. So maybe it will be the thing that finally gets me to stop. And once well, I... Let's get back. Let's get back to the excited part about the gray hair. <laughs> okay. Because I started going... I mean, it was really... If we look back at videos, not to turn this back around to me, and I know it's different for men and women relative to going gray, but if you look at my videos from five years ago, or when Trump first came around, it was just full red, crazy Viking guy beard. Mm -hmm. And now it's... 
to call it salt and pepper is not correct. Ginger and pepper, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or ginger and salt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. So I, I, it doesn't bother me at all, but how, how is it? How is it? Yeah, I think I think I'm excited because my the age that I have always felt internally, I think, is starting to like show up in my outward appearance. Which is Which is to say you have always felt older than you are. Correct. Oh, okay. And I think that it a lot of it has to do with the kind of aging positivity that I see online and in the media and Maybe it's just the way that my algorithm has been designed that that is kind of targeted towards me rather than... I mean, I still, when I open my TikTok, it's just... It can turn into plastic surgery videos one after the other. And here's what you need to do to fix your jawline and your nose and, oh, God, your wrinkles. And, you know, and then you start kind of looking at your own face like, oh... So you do feel some of those pressures? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but am I going to do anything about it? No. And partially because I don't like pain. Like, it's good for me to see those videos because they'll start injecting people's faces with shit. And uh, I'm like, you showed me those where they're like jamming a needle just beneath the skin it's all over I, and over. It's all I need to see. It's all I need to see. <laughs> I don't want any part of it. I've also heard stories where women go into these these offices and they just start like ripping you to shreds about everything that they can fix on your face and then you walk it's, it's out of one crying. giant upsell yeah it's really disturbing and and so i'm i'm in my 30s so i still have a way to go in terms of aging if i'm lucky and so i know i'm saying this now and i will continue to have pressure on me but i am hoping that i can surround myself with people who are positive about aging, happy to age, feel grateful to age, and want to do so in a way that isn't torturous and constantly pulling at their skin and wondering what's wrong with them or trying to change it because it's inevitable. And if you are lucky enough to continue living and have a long life, then you're going to start to look older. And that's just what happens. So now that I'm finding the gray hair and my, my roots are starting to glisten in in the light in the bathroom. Well, just your your hair is just, it's a... It's a different kind of sheen. <laughs> yeah. Look at the sheen on her hair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, one of these days, one of these days in the next few years, I'm going to be in a YouTube video and it's just going to be all gray probably. Yeah. So, fantastic. Here we go. It reminds Here me we go. It reminds me of a line in the first Superman movie with Christopher Reeves where he's describing his mother or another reporter is, oh, you mean a little old lady with gray hair? And he's like, actually, she has silver hair. Mm. So maybe you'll be, I don't know why that popped into my head. <laughs> non I think it's because you really like references that everyone can understand. Oh, everybody Contemporary can references. Yeah. Your Speak- comedy is very uh, on <laughs> focused on today. <laughs> Great. Well, before we thank our Patreon supporters, I want to invite some listener communication. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Now, we would like to thank our Patreon supporters, both new and potential prospective ones, in advance. Sure. So thank you to our new Patreon supporter, John G. John G. And thank you to all of our prospective Patreon supporters. (laughs) Let's try to sell you on why you want to become a Patreon supporter. The biggest benefit 
is that you're supporting us and that feels nice because you can help us do what we do here which is really important stuff we talk about super important I issues i do think and, it's important what we do no of course it's important i'm i'm being serious i don't know why you would so in addition to that you get the ad free version of the show yes. which is very nice you can paste the rss feed link into whatever podcatcher you use or you can listen right on the patreon platform we're also going to start doing regular Patreon-only content. That is like Q&A episodes or episodes about things that are not at all related to politics, like TV shows that we're watching or movies that we've watched and things like that. So if you support us on Patreon, you can join for as little as $2 a month. Uh, you can get 10% off if you pay uh, up front the annual fee. And so, yeah, patreon.com slash I doubt it podcast. That is it. All right. Now, let's get to some listener communication before we move on with what really is an action packed show. This week has been bananas with news. And I guess it should have been expected. Now, I'm off the rails before I even get to the call, but it, it should be expected with the, the having Trump back on the scene in full force. You got his lawsuit against him he's liable you got george santos and his 13 count indictment and you've got the cnn town hall it was just a whole bunch going on but before we get to that let's let's uh get a a voicemail in from a listener yeah Brittany and jesse this is Ford. i like the intro the way it's been working all this time anybody that doesn't like it can fuck straight off <laughs> as far as what you should try to wear uh, for the camera, have you considered prisoner stripes? Maybe they will uh, add some pizzazz to the show. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I actually well one. Let me register <laughs> my shock at uh, Doug from Florida breaking out the fuck straight off. Yes, and again, your your YouTube audience does not like the swearing. Very unhappy about the language when the naughty words are used. That's right. And we are sorry about that, but it's going to continue to happen. Do not speak for me. Because I am not sorry about that. Okay. Well, it's going to continue to happen. Yes, it and is. And this is, I guess, that term that we recently learned, audience capture, mm -hmm. where you start you know, moving your... You start targeting what your audience wants. You yeah, start talking yeah, yeah. about the things on your show that your audience wants to hear and reinforcing what they want to hear. Unfortunately, we don't do a lot of that. So, sorry, <laughs> but the bound words are going to continue to be said. Well, let me say this. I kind of enjoy that my little turns of phrase that are, not that I made up, but I use commonly, like fuck straight off. I like that they catch on a little bit. And I'm a little shocked that Doug, who seems like a buttoned up character, we've We've met him on Patreon calls a few times. He doesn't seem like the the F-bomb guy. Yeah, longtime supporter, longtime yeah. listener of the show, Doug. So shout out to Doug for, for sending in his thoughts. And I think if I had a prison jumpsuit with stripes, I would wear that on the show. Mm. I, like, maybe every episode where Trump gets indicted for another thing, mm -hmm. wear that as some kind of an homage mm -hmm. to the current legal jeopardy that the ex-president finds himself in? Well, I guess on that note, we should talk about an update that we recently discovered where my my high school boyfriend... Oh, yeah! My, my high school boyfriend, who was at the insurrection, was sentenced to 15 months in prison. 
Yeah, yesterday. He, he was he and he was one of the famous ones, right? He wasn't just like some one of the thousand. He was featured prominently. That's how you knew on that day that it was him is from the CNN photo of him sitting in the Senate uh in the, in the in the president's chair in the in the presiding officer's chair of the Senate. Yeah. He was yeah. the one hanging from the balcony of the Senate to jump down onto the floor. Yeah. The, the YouTube audience now has seen the the photos of it. Mm-hmm. This was Britney's boyfriend in high school mm-hmm. when the media reached out they were acting like you guys had just split up or something <laughs> no i don't know about that but i definitely avoided all of that like i remember i got a message from someone i really like at ktvb brian holmes and he's like this is brian holmes from ktvb i want to talk to you about your high school boyfriend <laughs> no <laughs> i am not doing that i did not do that no way there were people when i tweeted about it when it first happened during the insurrection people were accusing me of like trying to get famous i'm like oh i can't wait to be famous with my terrorist boyfriend from high school what no i don't oh. it, it served the purpose that it did which yeah. was now he's going to prison there have been well, consequences he there. also he uh, this is what's so interesting about all of these these domestic terrorists true patriots who are sworn to the cause and they always talk about life liberty and I'll I'd rather I'd rather uh die with my boots on or than than live on my knees or whatever nonsense they always say it is he flipped as soon as there was pressure on him they turned on each other like absolute cowards. This wasn't about some noble cause that, that, that they're they're recollecting the stories that they've heard about the founding fathers sacrificing everything, blood and treasure for the for the for the sacred cause of liberty. These are all just domestic terrorist cowards. Well, one of the people that he went to the insurrection with was sentenced either six months ago or a year ago and I think he got like 63 months in prison yeah. so the reason that Josiah got 15 months yeah, we should say his name Josiah Colt right the reason that he got member of the cult a lesser sentence <laughs> was because of his cooperation yeah. and there was a lot of emphasis in his sentencing hearing on the fact that he's a good person who just made poor choices and right. that, that his his uh, behavior in the aftermath of the insurrection has indicated that because another one of his co-conspirators i guess like started a gofundme page and said that he's like a victim of the biden regime and um yeah. he, he also got a much more significant sentence than than 15 months yeah, yeah, so yeah. it is interesting the uh <laughs> The, the the way that so many of these insurrectionists have flipped and actually just thrown Trump right under the bus and are blaming Trump for, I was led astray by this Svengali-like figure who brainwashed me, rather than take accountability for their own behavior. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah, so a nice little update for everyone on that story. I think it's kind of sad. I don't know, just kind of sad when people that you knew at one time go stray yeah, sure. i guess and there's it, probably a lot more of them from the area we grew up or i grew up you know you grew up in southern idaho i grew up in northern idaho a lot of nutters mm-hmm. a lot of absolute nutters it, it's uh i don't know if it's satisfactory that your particular case uh, josiah colt wasn't he like most likely to become a millionaire or likely to succeed or whatever. In high school, yeah. His senior year, he was voted most likely to be a millionaire. Right. And my brother was voted most likely to go to jail. So Very responsible adults running that yearbook when there's a boy who's 
father is actually in prison yeah. is voted serving a 16 year sentence most in likely to go to prison yeah fantastic responsibility idaho schools everybody good times had by all uh, don't get me started because every once in a while i think about firing off an email to the person who was in charge of that yearbook yeah 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 because i clearly hold on to grudges this well, was like 2005 <laughs> i i think that you should do that and i would invite the audience to encourage you as well 657-464-7609 of course you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to i doubt it at dollamore.com Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So Donald Trump was found liable for sexual abuse of E. Jean Carroll and defamation. Yes, and was ordered to pay five million in damages for that. And I want to talk a little bit about the case because I think it's important to talk about the jury. The jury was six men and three women. So. This wasn't a jury of, like, radical feminists, you know. I mean, that's what Donald Trump would have you believe. Of course but that's what he would have you believe. There were, there were six men on the jury. One of them, in fact, the E. Jean Carroll's team had attempted to remove from the jury because he was a Tim Pool fan. You know, the guy with the beanie and the headphones. He's a conservative commentator. I wonder what, what's, what's that guy covering under that beanie? You think it's a luxurious head of hair? Or is he another one who, when he flips on his TikTok, hearkening back to the intro topic, that he's just inundated with hair plug messages? I mean... I kind of feel bad for him in that way. I mean, it's easy to make fun of somebody, but he's clearly just a cripplingly insecure little douche, right? So... T- the jury, Rhetorical. The jury member was a Tim Pool fan and it believes that his show is like nuanced and balanced or independent or something. It was like using words that clearly don't describe Tim Pool's show <laughs> right. or Tim Pool as a person. So the Did he describe Tim Pool as tall? Because he if he did, he's clearly delusional, the juror. So again, <laughs> this was not a jury of people who are Radical feminist is the point. Right, right. And E. Jean Carroll did not make a statement on the day that this uh, jury verdict was announced. But the following day, she did start having um, press interactions. And she made an appearance on CNN where she talked about what this decision means to her. I don't want to make this a political conversation, but the kind of dissonance between the moment yesterday on the front pages of all the newspapers. All the getting your life back, something you've been thinking about and going through for decades, and then at the same time looking over and seeing that that man is also the front runner for the Republican nomination for president, and you listen to Republicans who were asked about this yesterday, and it is some version of what we heard for six years prior. Don't want to talk about it. Dodge, say there's something corrupt about the process. Well, how do you kind of oh, I think reconcile that moment, I guess? Uh, here's how I reckon it. Yesterday... The old view of what the perfect victim looks like 
totally changed. What do you mean? The old view of the perfect victim was a woman who always screamed, a woman who immediately reported, a woman whose life was supposed to fold up and she's never supposed to experience happiness again. That was just shut down uh, with this verdict. Uh, uh, the death of the perfect victim has happened. Now, uh, this uh, verdict um, is for all women. This is not really about me. It's for every single woman. There uh, in the courtroom was uh, an encounter, an exchange between you and the president's lawyer, Joe Tacopino. Mm -hmm. He came up, you shook hands, I believe. What did he say? Well, he, Joe Tacopino is very likable. He's sort of like an 18th century strutting peacock. And he's, people like him. So when he sticks out his hand to congratulate, first he congratulated Robbie, and then he was congratulating people on the team. And as I put my hand forward, I said, he did it, and you know it. And then we shook hands, and I passed did on. Did he say anything in response? No, he, he's a... He's a hail fellow well met. He went on shaking hands and smiling. So I I like E. Jean Carroll. I think that she is a very strong woman, and I think she did an amazing thing here. I also do not believe that it is the death of the perfect victim, that this verdict signals that it's the death, death of the perfect victim. I wish that were true. I desperately wish that that were true, but I just don't think that that's the case. I think we're going to continue to see sure. situations where attorneys, like Trump's attorney, uh, that she described there as a person that everyone likes. I don't like him. Um, <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I don't find him to be likable. I found out yesterday that he defended Joran Vandersloot, the guy who killed Natalie Holloway back in the, the early 2000s, her trip to Aruba, high school girl. Joe Tacopino fucking represented that monster. So he's just another slimy, deplorable defense attorney. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, we're going to continue to see a similar line of questioning that he had for E. Jean Carroll during the trial, which focused a lot on why didn't she scream. And this is actually a pretty... A pretty difficult moment for E. Jean Carroll during the trial and was reported as kind of a conflict because she actually raised her voice during the questioning and said that this happened even though she didn't scream and that she doesn't need to justify why she didn't scream and and he spent a lot of time on how she was actually behaving in the moment and this is what she means by the perfect victim the perfect victim is supposed to do quote-unquote all the right things report immediately immediately go to the police you can get a rape kit done you're not supposed to have like slept with anyone else you should be a virgin um there's there's many things that go into this idea of the perfect victim and screaming is one of them you're supposed to fight back you're supposed to have said no you're supposed to scream and even if you do all those things you're still going to have your story interrogated and you're still going to be disbelieved i think we have made a lot of progress in that regard and i think that this verdict signals progress as well especially knowing that it was uh majority men on the jury and that one of them loves tim pool and thinks he's a super reasonable nuanced guy and <laughs> with a full luxurious head of hair. Yeah. Atop so, his six foot three frame. One thing I did love <laughs> about the the aftermath of this verdict is how Fox News really tried to work through it in real time because they have to report 
things that are happening and they can't just like skip over the fact right, that right. that the current Republican front runner is found liable by a jury for sexual assault and defamation like that's that should be a headline so they had to cover it and they really struggled with covering it though specifically how so well, they are going to play a clip of the the recorded deposition because Donald Trump did not appear in court. He, right. He did not appear. He was not even in the country for some of it. Yeah. So they played a recorded deposition that he gave where he looks terrible. I mean, he comes off as only unlikable. He at one point references the attorney that is questioning him and talks about that like she's not his type either. I mean, he just comes across as a horrible person, as we all know. And there specifically Fox News is going to talk about the moment when he's showed a picture of him being with Eugene Carroll because he claims he doesn't know her. Right. So he showed a picture of him being with her and he actually mistakes Eugene Carroll for his former wife. The former president said about not, you know, he would never have been attracted to her. Watch this. You say Marla's in this photo? That's Marla. Yeah, that's, that's my wife. Which woman are you pointing to? No. Here. Carol. Oh, is that? The oh, person okay. you just pointed to was oh, Eugene Carroll. Who is that? Who is this? Point your wife. And the person, the woman on the right is your then wife, I don't Ivana? know. This was the picture. Ivana. I assume that's John Johnson. Is that Carol? Because it's very blurry. Your thoughts on that, Andy, as it, as it might have been interpreted by this jury? Well, I think the, the context of this, Mar- Martha, is that he said she wasn't his type. So, you know, the last person you would want to confuse her with would be someone you married. <laughs> yes. Uh, the... <laughs> I love Martha McCallum. They're just like, yes. She's just a shill now. Yeah. I remember a time where it seemed that she played the role of actual straight journalist pretty well, but she's just in the tank now, just like a Brett Bear character. Yeah. What's interesting to me about this is that he claims, even on the CNN town hall last night, I don't know who this is. I don't know who this is. I don't know this woman. But then has all knows his, her husband at the time really well. Right. Names him, what his occupation is. Says like he's they a were great pals. Guy. Yeah, great right. guy. So he knows the husband super well. Mm-hmm. What? Who's the? I I'm so confused. What is the this woman who looks just like my ex wife? The woman that I had an affair on my first wife with and then married. I oh this is just all too much for my little Trump brain. Yeah, and the picture is not blurry, obviously, uh, but you, you gotta love that moment when even Fox is struggling to make sense of it. Yes, but now now we're gonna kind of transition to these different Republicans being asked to respond to this, and you'd think it would be easy, right? The Republican frontrunner for the presidential nomination, the former president, was just found liable of sexual assault and defamation. That seems like a pretty easy thing to denounce. Especially for individuals who very well want to run for president against Donald Trump. But instead of treat him like an actual opponent, they cower in fear and and ignore or divert or distract or just not address it at all. And in some cases, do all of those things, but not do them well, as is the case with Mike Pence. (laughs) Well, I, I think that's a question for the American people, but I, I, I really can't comment on a judgment in a civil mm. case. I have no knowledge of those matters. I and, can't um, comment. Uh, I'm sure the president uh, uh, will defend himself in that matter, and um, but it, it strikes me that we it's uh, it's just one more instance where. Um, um, 
at a time when American families are struggling, when our economy is hurting, when the world seems to become a more dangerous place uh, almost every day, that um, it's uh, it's just one more story uh, focusing on my former running mate that uh, that uh, I, I know is a great fascination to members of the national media, but I just I just don't think it's where the American people are focused. You mean the world being a dangerous place on a daily basis, which includes men who rape women? Mike Pence, you fake, earnest douche, you clown. Just it is. There's so little credibility here that it's that it's jarring for a guy with this. Mm, I. You know, I'm a man who's lived uh, nearly 70 years, and uh, I just can't come up with an opinion about a jury of his peers finding him liable for sexual assault. Uh, let me ask Mother, my devoted Christian wife, what she feels about rapists. Just well, gross. get ready, because it is not much different when it comes to Mitch McConnell. Do you accept as legitimate the verdict in New York finding that Donald Trump was liable for sexual abuse and defamation? That's about presidential politics. That'll all be settled in the primaries uh, next year. What about the verdict itself, the merits of the verdict? It's all... I don't have any observations about it. The American people are going to have to decide, particularly Republicans and Democrats, who they want uh, to run for president next year. But are you going to stand by him? The American people are going to have to decide. Excuse me while I drain some of the gravy out of my neck. You can decide, too. You're a voter, too, Mitch McConnell. What the fuck are you going to do? Are you going to ignore rape? Are you going to ignore sexual assault? Of course you are. You're a Republican. So on the same day that this news broke about the verdict uh, against Trump in the E. Jean Carroll case... George Santos was yes. was charged. There was an indictment revealed, a 13-count indictment, which includes seven counts of wire fraud, three counts of money laundering, two counts of making materially false statements to the House of Representatives, and one count of theft of public funds. If convicted, he faces up to 20 years in prison. Mm. And That sits well with me. That just It's like music... To my little ears. In a, another case of Republicans being unable to respond in any meaningful way whatsoever to the problems within the Republican Party, Kevin McCarthy was asked about both George Santos and Donald Trump. No. Yes. Uh, are you going to continue to stand by George Santos now that he's been indicted on federal charges? And will you stand by President Trump after a, a jury found him? liable on sexual abuse. I'm not going to avoid your question, but as you know, I've been at the White House. I haven't seen the, I haven't seen the indictment, but as you know, with George Santos, I did not put him on any committees. Um, for those like Senator Menendez, who was indicted and went to trial, he was still able to vote, and others. I believe he's the chairman of the committee today. Uh, in America, we'll, we'll just follow the same pattern we always have, right? If a person is indicted, they're not on committees, they have the right to vote, but they have to go to trial. If... Um, just like we had a member of Fortenberry. He had the same ability. I removed him from committees, but he was found guilty, and I told him he needed to resign. I, I, that is my policies and principles on this, and I follow the same path. And Trump being found yes. why not? I, I don't. I've been in meetings. I don't know. Why not have this fight? Just an absolute coward. I love how he's like, I'm, I'm not going to avoid your, <laughs> your question. He starts it by saying that. And, and then, then avoids it. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> 
just say that you're going to avoid the question. I mean, you don't need to start with, I'm not going to avoid the question. Or that just, tells everyone what your plan is. Or just don't call on Manu Raju. You know what the question's <laughs> yeah. going to be, bro. Right, right, right. Well, I'm not going to ignore your question, ignores question, ignores question, ignores question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's just so typical for Kevin McCarthy, who's, by the way, not good at this. Well, let's also say that we're going to have a lot of negative things to say about CNN coming up very shortly. But before we do that, we want to say to Manu Raju, good job, Manu. We, good job, Manu. We really appreciate Manu Raju's work. He and that's is not, fantastic. That's not facetious. No, he's he, great. He does a good job. Yes, yes. Fantastic, professional, dogged. He is what a journalist should be, not uh, giving platforms to Donald Trump to lie for 70 minutes straight. So now we are going to continue talking about George Santos mm. because he was released on bond and he uh, decided to talk to reporters, which I don't think his attorney was happy about. But, you know, George Santos, he seems to create chaos within his life. That seems to be something that he's struggling with. Yeah. If I were to assess the situation. Um, and he kind of took a, a typical path at this point to to call the charges a witch hunt. And then he made a familiar pivot. But this time the audience wasn't very receptive to it. You guys. Look, this is the beginning of the ability for me to address and defend myself. We have an indictment. We have all we have the information that the government wants to come after me on. And I'm going to comply. I've been complying throughout this entire process. I have no desire not to comply at this point. They've been gracious in there. Now I'm going to have to go and fight to defend myself. The reality is, is I'm sorry, it's a witch hunt because it, it, it makes no sense that in four months, four months, five months, I'm indicted. You have Joe Biden's entire family receiving deposits from nine, nine family members receiving money from foreign, from foreign destinations into their bank accounts. It's been years of exposing. A lot of you here have reported on them, and yet no investigation is launched into them. I'm going to fight. I will, and I'm just going, I'm getting back to that. I'm going to fight my battle. I'm going to deliver. I'm going to fight the witch. And I'm going to take care of clearing my name, and I look forward to doing that so you love to hear people laughing when he calls it a witch hunt but you also love to hear people booing when he starts talking about hunter biden i mean come on well listen i I, here i I said this in a in a youtube video uh yesterday and it is it's interesting because he's i think like a new crop of politician who really when they started paying attention to politics donald trump was their example so they think this is a proper, normal, workable solution for them, not taking into account that Donald Trump is unique unto himself. He is able to act in ways that no other politician can, but George Santos is too fucking stupid. Even his tweet yesterday was, witch hunt, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, in all caps. He's really trying to be Trump in this. Yeah, so I I I don't know if stupid is the right word, but he's certainly resilient and he's already looking for his next move as evidenced by this clip. You look I'm, I'm going to stand. Go ahead. You look pretty stressed. 
when when I saw you sit down and the judge first started speaking, what was going through your mind? What are you feeling after being in court today? Well, when it's your first time in, in experiencing something of this nature, I think everybody would show some kind of stress, right? I, I, I quite frankly don't believe I was stressed. I did the best I could to just keep my composure. I was I, I was fine. Um, but again, this is this has been an experience, you know, for a book or something like that. So anyway. What? He's not good at this. He's going to be an author. Look, I'm going to write a book about this, so <laughs> keep asking me the questions, y'all. All this is going in my book. Yeah, he's like, all right, this is happening to me. Not great, but you know what? I'm going to sell a book about it later. Listen, I I, 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 uh, I want to apologize for everything I've ever said, George Santos, about you. You have an open invitation on this program at any time. You just aren't going to find a very friendly reception. It's going to be actual questions get us a review copy of that book and we will uh <laughs> we're not paying for we'll that be all over thing. that uh so as promised we are going to be negative about cnn we're going to do some cnn attacks right now and mm-hmm. it's going to continue so, justified as well so we were very apprehensive when we learned that cnn would be hosting donald trump for a town hall with uh the moderator caitlin collins mm-hmm. And Caitlin Collins is on the CNN This Morning show, co-hosted with Poppy Harlow. Mm-hmm. Used to be with Don Lemon, but Don right. Lemon got fired. And Don Lemon, and, and she had quite the, the sparks. The, and I don't mean like lover's sparks. I mean like fireworks between them. There was a lot of tension. Yes. And a lot of friction, which would cause the sparks. Evidently, Caitlin Collins is a favorite of new CEO uh, Chris Licht. And so I think she just got a 9 p.m. like prime time yeah. show. Just signed a new contract from what I've read. Yeah. So anyway. Which will no undoubtedly be worth multi-millions of dollars for this 30-year-old woman who is, you know, not, uh, I wouldn't call her a veteran, but she's certainly not super green. She's good. I think she's good at her job. Yeah. I, I think no, she does I, an okay job. Yeah. And I think she started uh, in conservative media. Which, yeah, Daily Caller, uh, Tucker Carlson's outlet. Which is concerning. And I've seen some things on Twitter from her past that, that don't look great. But I have historically uh, thought she was pretty good when she was the White House correspondent on CNN. But so we had fears about this. And I will speak to my own fears. I... I was worried that what happened last night would happen, and it happened exactly as I thought it would. Exactly. But even though it happened exactly as I thought it would, I was still ranting and raving, walking around the house, pulling on my hair in a rage, because they allowed him to just lie endlessly, mostly unchallenged, and... I know that uh, Caitlin Collins had taken the week or something to prepare for this. And I'm not sure what they did to prepare her. Yeah. Because there were moments where I'm I'm screaming at the TV, why isn't she saying something? Why isn't she interrupting? And I don't think she really got on her feet until they ended it. Yeah. Because that's when he called her a nasty woman. Donald Trump eventually lashed out at Caitlin Collins and called her a nasty woman. Well, you know, they or say... a nasty whatever. They say that you're... That you're uh... You're pre- everybody's prepared until they get punched in the mouth, and that is exactly what happened here. She you, she took a week. They they I'm sure they prepped her. It was eight hours a day of running mock scenarios, and someone stood in for Trump, and she was able to do it then until the real Trump punched her in the face, metaphorically speaking, and it all crumbled. I mean, at five oh or at uh, at eight oh four, four minutes into this thing, I tweeted. 
this is already a disaster. They're proving this to be a terrible idea. Yeah, and listen, I know I have the benefit of not having moderated the town hall with Donald Trump, and I I imagine that even though I am commentating from afar and wasn't actually the one on the stage that there are unique difficulties that she was grappling with in the moment whatever but I I think that she should have been much more forceful in interrupting him and forcing him to the point of frustration where he called her a nasty person that should have happened an hour before it did yeah 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 and uh, they should have been prepared to end it quite frankly they should have been prepared to push him to the point where he walked off the stage pissed off unwilling to continue and I mean if you're looking for good ratings that's good ratings right you push Donald Trump to that point but I don't think that they wanted that and the reason that I think that we're going to start with a, a clip here from CNN that was was on John King's show two days before the town hall. And this was such a strange. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. Just a strange scene where John King, who's who's usually pretty good on CNN, has three people at the table with him. And they're talking about the the ads that Liz Cheney was going to run in New Hampshire during the CNN town hall. And I think you know the ads a little bit better than me. Can you describe kind of the point of, of Liz Cheney's ads? Yeah, so it, it's a it's a 60-second ad that talks about Donald Trump is too dangerous of a risk to, to have be president again. And it's really just focusing on January 6th and him inciting the violence that took place, the deaths that are on his hands, and the fact that he is unapologetic about it, that he is a threat, an existential threat to democracy. It was a really well done ad. I I did a video about it on YouTube, and you can find it on YouTube as well. Um, But this clip is them talking about that clip and really calling into question and doubting it's it's why it's necessary at all fact check true when it comes to the ad but if you look at donald trump six months ago and donald trump now his position among republicans in the polls endorsements from republican office holders is going up not flat not down going up yeah i mean liz cheney has promised to just essentially serve as a reminder hey remember that trump did this remember that trump did this especially on january 6th But that's already been discussed and debated. To your point, a lot of Republicans obviously know January 6th happened. Some of them have doubts about whether it was an insurrection or whatnot. But people are still lining up behind Trump. It seems like even though that this is a literal reminder in an ad, it might not do much to sway voters. Maybe remind those independents in the midterms who said, why are we still talking about the 2020 election? I know that that was a legitimate election. But she promises to try to shake this tree to the very end. She says it's that important. The question is, you know, with ads and mm-hmm. trap, does she travel? Um, does she join the Republican race? Well, Trump allies are already hitting back at this, saying that she's just got a personal vendetta against the former president of the United States. But recall, she was on the committee and they've been pursuing this for a while now. Uh, but when it comes to the presidential race, look, he is he is way ahead. You have all these other Republicans who are about to get in, thinking about getting in, but they're polling in the single digits. And I'm hearing from Republicans that unless something dramatic happens at this point, that he is likely to be the Republican nominee. Uh, the, the question is, where does the the anti-Trump forces, uh, it, it, do they get traction anywhere when many of the candidates were waiting for Ron DeSantis, who wants to make the point, don't go back, but he is at least so far, even though Trump has, Trump's super PAC has savaged DeSantis, right. DeSantis has not returned the favor. The question, if, if Cheney does not get in, 
Will, will anybody in the Republican field do that, or will it just be we need Trump's voters so much we have to be genteel about this? Uh, Chris Christie, uh, the former governor of New Jersey, is still lingering out there as a possible one to do it, and look for him to potentially uh, run a similar ad, I'm told, uh, before New Hampshire tomorrow evening. But look, he'll decide in a couple weeks. But there is no doubt, as we sit here in the middle of May, uh, the former president is in a far stronger position than uh, he thought he would be, and most Republicans hoped he would be at this point in the Republican uh, uh, primary. Uh, it is still important, I think, to point out this still has to play out. There are debates coming on the Republican side. We'll see if he actually attends them or not. But what this shows, the fact that he's doing a town hall with New Hampshire voters tomorrow evening, he's trying to go back to that well of 2016. He's trying to recreate sort of some goodwill among those voters in the middle and to kind of uh, forget that January 6th happened. Of course, he cannot forget that it happened. We cannot and should not forget that it happened. So this is all part of the conversation. But now he's comparing himself to Biden. So that's why uh, some Republicans are like, eh, the economy was pretty good under Trump. So uh, it is a precarious position for Republicans that they did not think they would be in. So only at the end do you hear the emphasis on why an ad from Liz Cheney yeah. about the insurrection as a reminder to voters might be important. But the rest of that three over three minutes that you heard there was an emphasis on how Donald Trump, he's way ahead. Yeah. He's in the strongest position. No other Republicans are going to be entering the race. That this ad might not do much to sway voters. Well, you, you know what else didn't do much to sway voters? The Trump town hall, because CNN did one of those uh, after play things. What are they called? Focus the group. Focus groups yeah. with Gary Tuckman leading and they were all Trump supporters. And he asked them, raise your hand if you have a better opinion of Donald Trump after this. No one raised their hand. Raise your hand if you have a worse opinion of Donald Trump yeah. after this. No one raised their hand. Raise your hand if you have the same opinion of Donald Trump after this town hall. Uh, they all raised their hand. And in fact, one person afterwards said that they plan to vote for Donald Trump. So in terms of swaying voters, yeah. I mean, isn't Liz Cheney putting an ad up during CNN's free advertisement of all of Donald Trump's lies? Isn't any attempt worth it? Isn't any attempt to counter the lies worth it? It is remarkable to me. I mean, remember when Trump, when they were talking about all the deaths, the the, the hundreds of thousands of deaths from COVID, and T Trump said, it is what it is. That's, they just is what it is, the, the attempted overthrow of the United States government. She said, that's already been discussed and debated. And then someone <laughs> else said, why are, we, why are we still talking about the 2020 election? Right. It's because if we don't talk about it and we don't pay attention to what happened, during the election, after the election, leading up to and the insurrection, it's likely to happen again in 2024. That's why it's important to talk about it. And that's why it hasn't been debated and discussed enough. Yeah, that's actually that was something notable in that focus group. Too, and you can find it on YouTube. Um, but the the focus group with Gary Tuckman and the Trump supporters after the CNN town hall, he asked them if they want Donald Trump to move on from talking about the election and focus on the upcoming election in 2024. And these Trump supporters countered that line of questioning from Gary Tuckman and said, well, you guys started off the, the night asking him about whether or not he believes the election was rigged and election fraud like you started off that questioning so it's really the media that's keeping this going come on and gary tuckman didn't have a response to that which should have been the response that you just had which yeah. is if we 
don't talk about how he like believes that the election was rigged and that there was election fraud and that he's actually president, then we're going to be in a situation where he's going to be reelected and he's never going to leave. I mean, he would not commit to um, allowing a peaceful transfer of power if he, if, if he again loses the election. He wouldn't commit this time. So you can't put that on the media. And, of course, Trump-supporting Republicans are going to be the ones who say, well, that's the media. If you just left Donald Trump alone, he'd never talk about it again, which is absolute bullshit. Right. It's all he ever talks about. Right. So there were multiple failures from CNN on this town hall from the the focus group. I keep wanting it to call call it the after play. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but Jake Tapper had a great summary. He came out after the, the town hall ended and he kind of summarized what happened during the town hall. About the threat to Vice President Pence, about Pence's ability to overturn the election, about COVID, about the economy and more. He called a black law enforcement officer a thug. He said people here in Washington, D.C. at Chinatown don't speak English. He attacked Caitlin as a nasty woman because she was trying to get him to answer a question. Perhaps most chillingly, the day after a nine-person jury of his peers in New York found him liable for sexual battery and defamation and ordered him to pay writer E. Jean Carroll $5 million, he made fun of her account of her sexual assault. And many in the audience laughed. The, and applauded. The former president making his first appearance tonight on this network since the 2016 election. He spoke with and took questions from New Hampshire Republican and undeclared voters who plan to take part in the GOP primary. And it took place just a day after. His, uh... So I'm glad that Jake Tapper focused on that. Yeah. And we're, we're only going to play a few a few clips of the town hall. We're going to play three, in fact. But I, I do want to focus on. The laughing that happened when Donald Trump decided to attack E. Jean Carroll. And this was remarkable. There were several moments where Donald Trump acted as though, you know, like these troll comments that you see in your YouTube comments. Yeah. That's basically what Donald Trump was during the town hall. I mean, he's a troll. He's not a serious person. He doesn't seriously engage with these real world issues. He doesn't have answers to things. He and doesn't have values or positions or anything. And he's giving the audience permission to join him in that. Yeah, and so they were laughing, and they would show the crowd. And if, if you're watching this on YouTube right now, you'll see the clips of people laughing. And I, I just find it so disturbing that Donald Trump, again, the day after he is found liable for sexual assault and defamation, is telling this story about E. Jean Carroll, and the audience is laughing like he's doing a bit. Usually you leave office, you say, I'm sorry, but I'm going to back home. I'm back home to my family and everything. I'm going to be resigned. My poll numbers went up and they went up with the other fake charge, too, because what's happening is they're doing this for election interference. This woman, I don't know her. I never met her. I have no idea who she is. I had a picture taken years ago with her and her husband, nice guy, John Johnson. He was a newscaster, a very nice man. She called him an ape. Happens to be African-American. Called him an ape. The judge wouldn't allow us to put that in. Her dog or her cat was named Vagina. The judge wasn't allowed to put that in. All of these things. He was, but with her, they can put in anything. Access this Hollywood. This is a jury of nine people who found right. you liable of sexual abuse. Do you think that, that that will deter women from voting for you? No, I don't think so, because I think the whole thing... Just so you understand. Ready? 
I never met this woman. I never saw this woman. This woman said, I met her at the front door of Bergdorf Goodman, which I rarely go into other than for a couple of charities. I met her in the front door. She was about 60 years old, and this is like 22, 23 years ago. I met her in the front door of Bergdorf Goodman. I was immediately attracted to her, and she was immediately attracted to me. And we had this great chemistry. We're walking into a crowded department, so we had this great chemistry. And a few minutes later, we end up in a, a room, a dressing room, of Bergdorf Goodman, <laughs> right near the cash register. And then she found out there were locks on the door. So she said, I found one that was open. She found one. She learned this at trial. She found one that was open. What kind of a woman meets somebody and brings them up, and within minutes, you're playing hanky-panky in a dressing room, okay? <laughs> I don't know if you, she was married then or not. John Johnson, I feel sorry for you, John Mr. Johnson. Mr. President, can I... So I'm sure that they spent some time prepping for this. Yeah. Prepping for this exact interaction. And you heard how many times there was an interruption. And yeah, he he was just given a stage, right? To to give his little filibuster there, right? And make fun of, uh, and lie about the the rape, the sexual assault that he committed, right? He also lies like a child, like someone who's a terrible liar. You know, like when someone's giving way too many details, and you're like, huh, it's kind of weird that you're giving so many details. I wonder if it's because you're lying. <laughs> well, also claim, well, I I rarely, I I was hardly ever there. I, I mean, right? You, that's what I. You're that's not what saying I mean, yeah. you haven't been there. Yeah. You just didn't go there all the time. Yeah. Which I rarely even went to, by the way. It's not like, okay, it's it would be completely like, irrelevant. It would be like your high school boyfriend. Look, I, I've I've only been to the Capitol two or three times in my entire life. There's no way that I was a part of an insurrection. Well, we have photos. Oh, yeah, but yeah, only a few times. Right. Yes, I also noticed that when Caitlin Collins would interrupt Donald Trump to try to get him back on track or to ask a follow-up question, she would almost whisper. She would get quieter rather than be forceful. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I said, like, by the time he did call her a nasty person, which was like an hour into the town hall, that should have happened an hour earlier. Like, the the tone that she started taking, the uh, holding his feet to the fire. That, Direct and forceful. Right. She yeah. eventually got there, but she let way too much happen before that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And another example of this was when they were talking about abortion. I mean, I don't know how many times Donald Trump said that Democrats want to kill babies in the ninth month. No, after they're born even, he said. Yeah, he. I mean, he kept repeating this. It was at least four times. At least four times he brought up something about killing the babies in the ninth month or after they're born. And there was not one single fact check about the abortion nine month killing the babies out of the womb thing the so way I, I the you. way I look I think it's very important to say this I consider the other side to be radical because the other side under Roe v. Wade and other things the other side they're radical because they will remember the debate with Hillary Clinton I said rip the baby out of the womb at the end of the ninth month they will kill the baby in the ninth month if you look at that crazy governor of Virginia from the former governor where he said, no, the baby will be born, and then we'll decide, essentially, whether or not to execute but the Mr. baby. But, Mr. President, can we talk about what you would do if no, but you these are, are the radical are people. It's not the pro-life people that are radical. But if you are re-elected and you're back in the Oval Office and you get legislation to your desk, would you sign a federal abortion ban into law? I, what I'll do is negotiate so that people are happy. But the fact that we were able, I was able, I'm so proud of it, we put three great justices on the Supreme Court. We have almost 300 federal judges on the Supreme Court. 
The just fact, to be clear, just to be clear, Mr. President, you you would sign a federal abortion well, ban into I, I law. I said this. I said this. I want to do what's right, and we're looking. And we want to do what's right for everybody. But what's right? But now, for the first time, the people that are pro-life have negotiating uh, capability. Because you didn't have it before. They could kill the baby in the ninth month or after the baby was born. Now they won't be able but to I do that. But I think this is a really important question for you to answer, because this is something all, every Republican, including those who are running against you for the nomination, are being asked about, is would you sign a federal well, abortion ban into yeah. law? And many of them are going to give you the same answer as I. Uh, I am, first of all, I am honored to have done what I did. And a lot of people said, they said, in 150 years, he's now the most consequential president because he saved so many lives. And I'm honored to have done it. And, and because of what I've done, we now have a great negotiating ability. That's what I do in life. I negotiate. We have a great negotiating ability. And I think we're going to be able to get something done. what do you mean negotiating? Done. Of all the, the moments in this town hall, this exemplifies the failure of this entire uh, broadcast maybe the most. Because unfettered, unchecked, unchallenged he's saying that democrats as a matter of policy as a matter of morality want to murder he used the word execute a a baby that's actually born in the minutes or however long after it comes out of the out of the mother that's just what did she do it doesn't take a veteran gritty journalist to say ah that's you're lying. Also, well, that's we're going back here, but this is another, the, the words that they choose to use very much bothered me. Falsehoods. Jake Tapper, when he came out of the clip that we played of Jake Tapper, he said it was a, it was a falsehoods, rapid fire falsehoods, lying. He's a liar who lied nonstop for 70 minutes on your network. You allowed it. And also you knew that would be the case. Right. And Just com- such a disaster. And completely unprepared for it. And that's yeah. why I said the, the plan should have been from the very beginning to not let him get a word in if, yeah. if he is choosing to do what he just did in this example. This is the best example, like you said, because he reinforced his point several different times. He talked about how he's proud of what he was able to achieve with overturning Roe v. Wade, how he's gotten so many judges on the bench, how now they have a negotiating ability. Yeah, well, whatever that means. about that, right? And he didn't have an answer for whether or not he would sign a federal a ban on abortion. He said some nebulous thing about everyone will be happy. I can promise you that everyone right. is not going to be happy. Right. And and yet he was allowed to continue reinforcing his point without Caitlin saying, for example, OK, we heard the negotiation thing three times. We heard that you're really proud of your achievement, but you're not answering the federal abortion ban question. Is there a reason that you're you're choosing not to answer that right now? Right. You're applying for the most important position maybe on the planet president of the united states and you're either too stupid to know what the answer should be or you're too afraid what is it also she didn't need to call him mr president every time constantly like with i the mr. I, president. I don't know a few times to sprinkle in i mean you don't like, have to call him donny boy or anything but he, you know, you know mr just, trump yeah i mean not even that like you don't even need to address him just like insert in a question hey bro yeah. listen here <laughs> Hey, Dickface, listen, I have my next question. You know, like, I, I don't, yeah. the Mr. President was really weighing on me. Well, allowing him not to answer questions was really uh, a colossal failure on the part of CNN and, and I will put it on Caitlin Collins. I mean, Vladimir Putin is 
by any measurement a war criminal. There is a, there is an arrest warrant in international courts for him. And Donald Trump wouldn't say that he wanted the war to go Ukraine's way. He would not speak ill of a fucking war criminal, and that just was allowed. It just, they moved on. Okay, yeah. You're not going to answer the question? Great. Perfect. On top of things. Well, and that's the thing. CNN, that's why we started with the John King panel clip, because I feel like they knew what they were doing here almost, you know, days in advance having panels where they're talking about, like, what's the point in trying to counter Trump's misinformation when he's the the leading Republican right. candidate, when he's inevitably going to be the candidate. Like, we have to platform him. We have to talk about him. And no one cares about the, the insurrection. So I guess we should stop talking about Old that. Old news. Right. And and it, it kind of set up what, what we were going to expect yeah. with the town hall, just as we saw the coverage. And now as we're seeing how they're continuing to talk about the coverage, Chris Licht in a meeting this morning when he was kind of uh, talking about about the Trump town hall. Said, he was taking a celebration lap is what it was. Well, he, he used the phrase that they made news. Yeah. Well, your your job is not to make the news. It's to report on the news that is made. Yeah, you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't yeah. be wanting to make the news. And you sh- certainly don't want to be using a fascist to do that. Yeah. So we're going to play one final clip. This was, I think, one of your... Your favorite moments where... Oh, uh, yeah, let's... <laughs> favorite in terms of really pushed you over the edge. <laughs> yeah. I Listen, I, Farron Cousins uh, from Ring of Fire was on Twitter, and he was like, I'm going for a swim. I'm turning this shit off. Yeah. And I probably should have done that. A lo- I mean, we watched the entire thing because we're dedicated to the job, everybody. But I probably should have... for punishment. I probably should have uh, checked out and poured myself a, a 32-ounce glass of whiskey or something mm. because... It was maddening. Yeah, so this was on the the debt ceiling negotiations, which are happening right now, where the Republicans are wanting to cut spending, and they're they're holding everything hostage right now. Willing to default on our debt. Right, and Donald Trump basically gave the Republicans permission to go ahead and do that in his, in his commentary when Caitlin Collins was asking him about his position, what he would do in the debt ceiling negotiations. Save this country. Our country is dying. Our country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. You once said that using the, the, using the debt ceiling as a negotiating wedge uh, just could not happen. You well, you said that when you were in the That's Oval Office. That's I was president. To, so why is it different now that you're out of office? Because now I'm not president. <laughs> Listen to those fucking rubes. This giggle with joy, uproarious laughter, applause for maybe the most nakedly selfish, destructive thing that someone running for president could say. Right, he's making it clear that this isn't actually a value or a principle that he holds. Right. That it's just politically convenient when, you know, he's he is president, he holds this view. When he's not president and it's not actually his problem, then he has this view. Right. And he made it clear, and they think it's funny, and if you watched this, if you're watching this on Jesse's YouTube channel then I would advise you to go back and make sure you catch the woman who's actually holding her face laughing. Yeah. 
I mean, it is, and this is what I've talked about for years and years and years about Donald Trump. He has given Republicans permission to be the worst people they can. He not only appeals to the worst instincts within people, he gives them permission to act on that. They're in public, in a room, covered fully with cameras, and they don't care. They think this is hilarious. They think this is the way to operate. They don't mind defaulting on our debt and putting individuals who are already in desperate need of government intervention, putting their very lives at risk because they're not going to get money from a government that is shut down and not paying its bills. Well, and apparently CNN got what they wanted because they had 3.1 million total viewers, Hmm. which outrated both Fox and MSNBC. Although Brian Stelter noted that these numbers are not like 2015, 2016 level numbers yeah. for, for Trump. And in the 25 to 54 year old demographic, the town hall averaged 703,000, about five times higher than CNN's typical performance at 8 p.m. So maybe there were a lot of Farron cousins who went for a swim and uh, decided to turn it off or not watch it altogether. And more power to them. That's uh, it's I'm very, very frustrated. I, I'm. Uh, I mean, we get our news from multiple sources across the spectrum, and uh, I'm just supremely irritated with CNN and Chris Licht. I mean, it is primarily a Chris Licht issue who comes from entertainment, and um, it seems like he wants to run CNN like an entertainment network. Yeah, I've well, and I've seen a prominent progressive commentator on Twitter today talked about that, that platforming Trump is not the problem and that we shouldn't be against platforming Trump, and I guess... Um, I understand that as we continue this whole presidential nomination process, that there are going to be instances where Donald Trump is going to be, quote unquote, platformed yeah. in the debates, on primetime networks, all of that. But I guess there's a difference between having a debate with other candidates where, you know, this this process is playing out and having a town hall where he's allowed to speak for minutes at a time, largely yeah. uninterrupted, just spewing constant lies and abuse. And then they, you know, end the town hall and they go to their panels and everyone's talking about it like he's a normal person. Right. And he's not a normal person. And they have election deniers on the panels on CNN right. to talk about Donald Trump. Byron Donald and, and for his one. performance. Yeah, yeah. He, he wouldn't say whether or not the election yeah. was legitimate that night after the town hall. Yeah, listen, this is this is the problem. I wasn't I wasn't wholly universally a hundred percent against this town hall. What I said was my prediction is they're gonna fuck it up. They're gonna botch this. And but if it was done right if they performed well and they countered him in real time aggressively, then it's not as bad. It's the same thing with Leslie Stahl and Marjorie Taylor Greene. That could have gone down a whole different way. Instead, they gave her a platform to call Democrats pedophiles on national, international TV. And Leslie Stahl said, whoa. Yeah, I mean, just, oh, wow, that's really crazy. You really believe that? All right, let's go to commercial, everybody. Like, no... Not let's, even let's show us on a walking tour yeah, of your office. Not even in post <laughs> did they do a, um, a, a pushback. It, mm-hmm. it just it, it's a failure on the part of media that I don't know if they just they still are stuck in their ways. It's like Joe Biden who wants to call 
Mitch McConnell an honorable man and Kevin McCarthy an honest guy. Like he's still caught up in the way that it was in the in the nineteen nineties or nineteen eighties with politicians. We're past that. Yeah, how, and media's gonna have to wake up. How far removed is Kevin McCarthy from Marjorie Taylor Greene, really? I mean, she just went on sixty minutes and called Democrats pedophiles. He has made deals with her. He's yeah. he's working directly with her, and Joe Biden feels that it's important to talk about him as though he's an honest person. He's not. Yeah. He is Marjorie Taylor yeah. Greene. Listen, it, it is not an exaggeration to say that that Kevin McCarthy is Speaker of the House of Representatives because of Marjorie Taylor Greene. That is not an exaggeration. There is no hyperbole there. This is the Republican Party, and the media had better wake the fuck up, or they will be complicit in the downfall of this republic. They will be complicit in putting Donald Trump back in office again. CNN was largely um, responsible for what happened in 2016, and they looks like looks like they're they're at it again to get him back in the White House. And who knows? Maybe it is because of ratings and advertising dollars. I, I don't want to be cynical. Well, I'll tell you, I'm scared. Yeah. And uh, I saw on Twitter a lot of people were getting, a lot of journalists were getting text messages from CNN employees, not naming them, but saying that they were hearing largely that CNN employees were horrified yeah. by what was happening, right. very disturbed. And so I, I don't know how much power those employees have. I don't know if journalists were hearing from Jake Tapper, for example, right, uh, or Anderson Cooper. They but- did call them on-air talent. That were outraged. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how much sway those people have in, in getting some of this under control, but I was watching the town hall and I was thinking, I am very scared. Yeah. I am scared for Donald Trump to get the nomination. I'm scared for him to debate Joe Biden again, because yeah. a lot of this comes down to optics. And I I don't know that the optics are going to be good when, when they're going head to head. And well, there's only so many times you can say, oh, come on, man, and have that be uh, a retort to Donald Trump's absolute abject insanity and conspiracy theories. Yeah, I really think the only way to handle this is what we've reinforced repeatedly, which is to not blatantly disrespect him, but to treat him similarly to how he's treating you. Uh, she should have matched his aggression. Yes. Matched it. Without a doubt. And you need to stand toe-to-toe with his aggression. You need to match it, and you cannot let him have any wiggle room, and you push him to the point where he's so flustered and angry that he leaves. Because it's easy to frustrate him. Absolutely. Without a doubt. And he'll look weak. He'll look weak storming off a stage. Yeah. So listen, we want to hear... Listen, if there are on-air talent from CNN listening right now, we want to hear from you. 657-464-7609. And for regular audience members who are just average, noble voters, you can call there or email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We want to invite you one more time to become a patron on Patreon, help support the work we do, help produce what I feel is important, good work. I think it's important, too. Now you do. No, I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> go to patreon.com slash i doubt it podcast pick a tier choose uh the level you'd like to support us at and we would appreciate it very much you should take like an audience vote about how many gray hairs how many additional gray hairs people think i will have by the end of this election season Sh- should a new patreon perk be you'll pluck a gray hair and send it to him like a creeper in the mail absolutely not <laughs> 
I'm horrified that you. Oh, I'm a little horrified. I'm horrified myself. you even had that thought. I'm horrified. Something's myself. wrong with you. We are going to end it there. We love you guys. We appreciate you very, very much. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for engaging with our content. Uh, subscribe to me on YouTube. Subscribe to Brittany on YouTube. Follow us on social media. I am at Dollamore. And I am at Brittany E. Page. And you can follow us on the, uh, the podcast on Facebook, I Doubt It Podcast, and also on Twitter, I Doubt It, at I Doubt It Podcast, and also on Instagram, uh, at I Doubt It Podcast. Everywhere. It is fantastic. We love you guys. We will see you next time. Until we do, for Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been... I doubt it. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.